morning, if you have your Bibles and you want to turn and look with us at Matthew 1, verse 23. And I know it's awful early in the year to be talking about the first chapter of Matthew. We find that Mary has been visited and, and has become the virgin that is expecting with a child that will be born that is God's son. And we find that here in this passage that Joseph has secretly decided, okay, I'll take her and I'll go away and I'll secretly divorce her and, and come back. And, and nobody will ever know. I'll leave her somewhere over there, and it'll be okay. And then the angel comes to him, and he starts talking to him. And the angel tells him, your wife is your betrothed, your future wife, your fiance, whatever you want to call her at this point, has been faithful to you. This child is a child that God has planted in her. It is his son. And it is a special child, the child that is going to save the world. And in chapter 23, the angel says, And behold, the virgin shall become pregnant and give birth to a son, and they will name him Emmanuel, which is translated, God is with us. Have you ever thought about somebody's name, what it means? You ever just really sit down and listen to people's names? If you listen to their names, you can find out a lot about their family history, their traits, their personalities, people that influence their lives, the people they respect, people they believe in, things they hope for or wish they had, someone they admired. In some cases, even later on, it may be a name that that reminds them of someone they could forget, of a painful time that passed through their life. So there's a lot of things in, in names that we sometimes take for granted. Ever heard a child called by their name and thought, hmm, who in the world named that poor child that? Have you ever admit that you've heard a name and you automatically thought of a nationality? a size, or another person? You ever done that? Examples, nicknames that people are called by. I don't know why. The other day I started up at the hospital, and this lady looks up and she goes, what are you, about 4851? And a lot of times I'll get somebody walk by and they'll, hey, Tiny, come here. I wasn't born tiny. I don't know. But there are a lot of things that are associated with names that make people think, sometimes even question. So think about your own name. Is there something in your name that means something to you or your family? As we look through the Bible, we see names that have significant meanings. We say that Abraham means to multiply or have many. We see that Israel means triumphant with God. Isaiah means Yahweh 
is salvation. Joseph means my Jehovah add and gave increase. And David means my beloved. Mary means child wished for. Paul is a Roman name from Paulus, which means small or humble. Peter means stone. John means Yahweh is gracious. My favorite, Michael means who is like God. And Noah means rest and comfort. And if I could say it this morning, pronounce it right, it's N-A-A-H-A-M is Noah's wife. And yesterday, Mashiach became her as she tried to escort children out of Arkansas back this way and tried to find her way through. And there are so many names that mean so much. There are names that mean for different situations. When the angel appeared and told Joseph that his son would be named Jesus, that the Lord saves. Now I'm going to bring a shock to you this morning. We always say in the name of Jesus. We always say, I want to see Jesus. We always say, Jesus paid it all. You're wrong. In the translations throughout the Bible, when we brought it, In English, from Greek and Hebrew, we made it Jesus. It's actually Joshua. So the name Jesus was not an uncommon name in that time frame. Joshua was a name that meant the Lord saves. But we translated it into Jesus. Many people look at it and have different words for it around the world. A lot of parents today think their child is Jesus. I keep seeing these bumper stickers and these signs and these things posted. Leave a better world for your children. I want to ask you and encourage you, leave better children for our world. But we name children the names because they mean something to us and to our families. The angel told him to name him or call him Emmanuel. God is with us. God is with us. No matter what, no matter where, no matter why, God is with us. But what does that mean to you? What does Emmanuel mean to you? Have you ever thought about him being with you and what that means? There are times that we really want him to be with us. When we're standing by bedside and we're holding a loved one's hand, the fever won't break. The sickness is not going to go away. The sleep won't come. The pain is too great. We want him with us. Have you ever been there? Have you ever stood there and just wanted to know that God was with you? And that He was going to comfort and to love and to care for?
There are times when you've, when you've walked out of a place, and, and, and I've had it myself, and I know what it feels like when they walk in and say there is no more job. And you walk out of the building and there's not another one in sight. You want to know God's with you. You want to know when the waters are rising and the flood's getting deeper and it's coming closer that God is with you. You want to know when pain has entered into your life and there's sorrows and heartaches and burdens that you don't want to bear. You want to know that God is with you. All the time. He's not over here somewhere waiting. He's not over there somewhere looking. He is with you. He's still there. To our young people, when there are tests in school that will determine whether you pass or fail, graduate early or have to take other classes to finish out, you want God right there with you. You want to know that assurance. And if you don't believe that, you, didn't, you were not in the classes I was in because they would lay the test on the paper and you could hear this light whisper throughout the room, Oh, God. And you would open that paper up and you would start and you'd look at that first question and you would be like, Oh, God help me. And by the time that 20 question multiple test was over with, you wanted to make sure there was no way that you were by yourself. Nobody ever did that besides me. I'm no. I mean, we've never had anybody that's done that. I used to work with a guy and he would always say, there's never an atheist in a foxhole. Now, anybody that's ever been to war and, and, and would know what that would mean. And I have thought, said and talked with people who have, that had finally given us their experience of what it was like to be in a war. And they would say, when you got in that foxhole, most of the time, the one that said they didn't believe was the first one that would start praying. And isn't that way it is in our lives today? The ones that don't have any hope or they don't have any future, they don't believe in anything, are the very first ones to say, well, he let me down. Well, you didn't believe him. Well, where was he at? Right beside you. I love the poem about the footprints in the sand. And it talks about seeing two sets of footprints walking across the beach. But then again, there was times when there was only one. And the writer says that he looked up and said, Lord, why did you not go with me during that time? And he said, I did. Those are my prints. I picked you up and carried you. All this rain that we've got lately, I, I, I'm reminded of an old story. Young, an older gentleman sitting on his front porch rocking in his rocking chair. Pickup truck comes up and says, hey, we got to get you. Water's up to the bottom of the doors. Put your rocker in the back and let's go. The old man says, no, the Lord's going to provide. Well, he crawls up on the roof and he's sitting up there in his rocking chair on the roof and a raft swoops up. And there's nothing, you can't even see, all you can see is the roof of his house. 
The guy on the raft says, give me your rocking chair, climb in, let's go. And he said, no, no, the Lord's going to provide. A few minutes later, he's sitting on top of his chimney, holding his rocking chair, and a helicopter comes and drops a rope and says, grab a hold and I'll take you out. Throw the rocking chair away. The old man says, no, the Lord's going to provide. Water finally rises and he drowns. He gets up to heaven and he walks up to the pearly gates and St. Peter opens the door and has a towel in his hand. The guy takes it and he wipes his face off and Peter says, we're glad you're here. And he went, why didn't the Lord provide? Peter said, well, we sent a truck, a boat, and an airplane and you didn't get on none of them. This morning, how many passed by opportunities have you failed to take? God is with us. Doesn't matter where, God's with us. Doesn't matter why, God's with us. This morning, there are some of us sitting in this room that have been let down by churches that have been let down by pastors that have an agenda to only uplift their self, that only want to be praised for what they can do. They have, they have an agenda that makes them be risen up and not anything else, including the Lord. Well, if you've ever been hurt in that situation, guess what? God's still with you. He's still with you. Your trust may have been in the wrong place. But God's love has never left you. This morning there may be some of us sitting here that your past is haunting you. That your past is haunting you. That you're looking and at, at your past and thinking, how could He still love me? Some of you are standing here this morning and Satan may be sitting right beside you going, look at what you've done. God can't love you. God's still with you. When you look around and, and you sit there in your past, keep bringing up, look how much more fun you had doing this than you did doing that. God's still with you. If you look around and you see your friends and they're saying, come back to what you used to do, God's still with you. You're not alone. Is your past honing you this morning to the point that you can't feel Emmanuel? That you can't feel the love that God has given you? He's still here. Today, where is your Emmanuel? Where is he at? Over the last couple of weeks, I had the pleasure of sitting and, and talking with Levi. And, and, and days that he felt good, getting him to smile and getting him to laugh. And I would always kid him about different things and we would talk. And I kept telling him, Levi, there's, and Katie told him, there's not an expiration date stamped on the bottom of your foot. And Levi was, yeah, I know, I know but look where I'm going. Look where I've got to go to. I know I've got friends here that love me. 
I know I've got friends here that want me to stay and they want to see me here every day. But look where I'm going. And one of the statements that he said was during that time, he told me, we're here at his house. Laying there in the bed, he looked at me and he said, you know, it really doesn't matter which side of the Jordan I'm on. God's with me. God is with me. He said I was he said things that he wanted done for his for his service. And he said, You remember, he was in the hospital. He said, You remember what I want in the casket with me? He wants his little brown testament, personal testament from the Gideons in his hands. But as I was sitting there, I said, Oh, I, didn't you want your sister? in the casket with you. And he said, no, both of us can't cross the Jordan at the same time. One of us will drown. And I think he meant her. I'm not sure. But even when Levi was at the point that he knew this earthly life was going, was passing by, he still knew God was with him. This morning, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. And as we take the Lord's Supper this morning, as we take the bread and it is broken, and Christ said, this is my body that I'm giving freely for you. And then we'll take the, the, the juice and we'll, we'll, we'll drink, drink it. And He said, this is my blood that was spilt for you. We're talking about Christ, God's only Son, that is everywhere with everybody at all times. And some of you are sitting there thinking, there's been some places I, I really wish He wasn't with me. There's some places I've been that I really wished He wasn't there. There's some places, I, uh, things I've done, I, I really wish He didn't know I did. Well, the God that is enthroned in heaven, God is with us. The same God that is enthroned in heaven went to the very pits of hell and got our souls and brought them out, telling the demons of hell and Satan himself, they're mine and I'll always be with them no matter what. This morning, I want to ask you, where is your Emmanuel? Where is He? Is He with you daily that you know it? That you can talk with Him? That you can walk with Him? And that you can sing with Him? And you can rejoice with Him? And you can be revived by Him? This morning as we sung the very first song, Victory in Jesus, I was reminded of a youth group one time and they had just gotten church van. I know, Mashiach, that's a sore subject, but we're sorry. They had just gotten church vans, and they, they loaded them, and they brought, bought these CB radios to go in them so they could communicate with each other. One of the youth group members took a cassette tape, because that's what we had back then. It was the, the most technological advanced thing. And on both sides of that cassette tape, 
they had recorded victory in Jesus over and over and over and over. Even when it got to the end, and these were fancy vans because when it got to the end, it played the other side of the cassette. You didn't have to pop it out, pull it out, turn it over. and do it. it did it automatically. I don't know how, but it did. And to be funny, he took the CB mic, wrapped a rubber band around it, laid it on the speaker, turned that on, and the van behind them heard victory in Jesus for 36 hours. By the time they got there, the driver of the other bus got out and said, every now and then, I wish we'd have lost the war. <laughs> this morning, do you have that victory with Jesus? I know this week we're going to bring Levi here and we're going to have his going home service. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. That service is not for Levi. Levi didn't want a service. Levi said, when I am being laid at, when I'm laid there and somebody is speaking over me, I don't care who it is that speaks it. He wanted myself and Brother Tony, if he's able to be here to do it. And he said, I don't care which one of you it is. Somebody tell them about the plan of salvation. Somebody tell them that God is with them always. And he wants to take them home and bring them to where I'm at. And he said, when they bring them to where I'm at, I'm going to take them by the hand and I'm going to take them to the very feet of Jesus. And we can worship him together forever. His favorite scripture, the last verses of Matthew. Go ye therefore, preaching, teaching, baptizing, making disciples, letting them know. That's what he always said. Letting them know God is with you no matter what. This morning we're going to sing an invitation song. If you don't know that God is with you, I encourage you to come today and make that assured in your life and in your heart that you know. Maybe you're here with us this morning and you've never joined up with this ragtag bunch that loves the Lord, no matter what. This morning, would you come and unite with us. If you need to follow in, in baptism, we're going to have a baptism next Sunday night, and, and we'll all get wet. We got plenty of water. You don't have to worry about us running out of, out of water. <laughs> Guarantee it. But when we come to get to the baptistry, know this. It is an outward symbol of what has happened spiritually to your heart. It is an outward symbol that you are being cleansed by the blood of the Lamb and that you're washed in His blood because He's always with you. Father, we thank you this morning for your people. Father, we thank you for keeping people safe. Father, this morning we ask is if there is a person or a
anyone here today, Lord, Father, that needs salvation for their life. Father, they need a church home. They need to be baptized. Lord, this would be the day and the hour that they would come forward. And Father, make that a public confession to their, to their lives. And Father, that we could welcome them in and love on them. And Father, we just pray and ask it as we get ready to do the Lord's Supper this morning, Lord, that God, that you search our hearts, you make us clean and purified, and Father, ready to receive. Father, for what it means to us, the broken body, the spilt blood, is we always have you with us. Lord, we just pray this in thy holy name. Amen. Would you stand, please?